Hey y'all, it's Monday. Thank you so much for joining me at Sound Pollution. This week I have the wonderful and fabulous Miss Jane Rose. She is going to be sharing with us three of her tracks from her album Over It. And we're going to be discussing songwriting, rockabilly, and a little bit of advice. Please make sure you click the links below to like, follow, and subscribe to Jane Rose on all of her social media, etc. Make sure you uh, purchase one of her wonderful albums. And without further ado, the wonderful Jane Rose. And today was really just no different. Um, I'm usually more put together, I say, but I lie. I feel like I used to be more put together. Not anymore. (laughs) No, somewhere between the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020, I lost my mind. I just haven't gotten it back yet. Um, And of of course, I'm in the Ohio Valley. So like pollen. Mm, Yeah, it's bad here in Nashville, too. It's trying to kill me is what it's doing. Yeah, I got really sick there for a couple weeks. It was insane. All right, so we are here with Sound Pollution, and today I have the fabulous Miss Jane Rose of Jane Rose and the Dead End Boys. Why don't you tell everybody uh, who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Jane Rose, as you have recently stated. We are a rockabilly artist from here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, We just released a brand new album called Over It. Uh, Let's see. Oh, I'm also in sponsored or endorsed i should say endorsed by gretsch guitars which is my dream guitar so oh they're beautiful guitars yes oh my gosh and i recently was able to acquire the magenta sparkle pink setzer model and i just i want to kick my boyfriend out of the bed and sleep with it (laughs) like make room for this (laughs) exactly but yeah we we play rockabilly and also a lot of rhythm and blues so there's it's kind of a, a history of it, you know, with the uh, honky tonk, rockabilly, rhythm and blues. And then I usually throw in a whole lot of attitude. Yeah, I love the attitude and I love the look and I just, I adore you. Um, what got you started in music? When I was a, a kid, I used to play violin in the church praise band. And I realized that I enjoyed writing songs and I couldn't really sing and play the violin to accompany myself. So started playing guitar, started teaching myself guitar. and just kind of realized it was such a wonderful outlet for my imagination and for my emotions that I just started pursuing it, you know, at like open mics and stuff. And then it just kind of blossomed into one band and another band and another band. And eventually I was like, man, I want to do this all the time. <laughs> How can I make a living at it? Right. So I moved now, are you playing lead or just rhythm guitar or both? I play rhythm guitar. Um, I, I tried to do lead, but honestly, I just want to focus on singing and playing rhythm. <laughs> hey, and that's all you really need. Uh, was and, there like an aha moment for you as far as this is what I have to do? Is there a specific? Well, not necessarily with music, but within the rockabilly genre, yes. Okay. I had a folk rock band out of Louisville, Kentucky for about five years. And <laughs> as cliche as it may be, I got a Gretsch guitar uh, with that first time home buyers loan back in 08. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I paid off my bills first, but then I got my Gretsch and I got a tattoo and I w- always liked rockabilly music. I just didn't realize that people were still playing it until I came across Setzer and the Stray Cats. And 
I tried to get my band with the kind of folk rock genre to play it. They weren't really interested and it was pretty difficult to get an upright bass. And I realized playing this music on stage, it made me move and it yeah. made the people move. And I mean, I loved my old folk stuff. It was fun and, and it was good, but it didn't make me move on stage. So I knew once, once that I kind of cracked open that genre, mm-hmm. there was no turn. That was it. Yeah. You, you could like feel it in your whole body. Oh yeah. Yeah. And even my friends who had been supporting my previous band were like, wow, Jane, we've never seen you move like that before. And I'm like, I know, right. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to jump into that new, re- that new album that you just, that you released. And we're going to talk about the first track long gone. What is, is there a story behind that song? Is there a story behind the album? Because there seems to be sort of a theme of I'm getting over it. Literally it's called over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically we released it New Year's Eve last year, 2020. And it was my entire feeling about the entire year of 2020 and the relationship that I ended in 2019. So, so yeah, long gone is, is kind of a, uh, it was written before 2020. So, but it was, it was kind of a, uh, you know, kind of over, over this relationship and, you know, I told you once, I told you twice, but you don't listen to my advice. So long gone. And, and when I it came to name the album, I was like, eh, I'm just over it. Yeah. <laughs> Hence the album cover, which is me flipping the bird in my 65 dart driving down the road. That's <laughs> such a badass picture. <laughs> long gone, baby, long gone. Cause I've told you once and I've told you twice But you don't listen to my advice Long gone, baby, long gone Broken promises and broken dreams I've tried all my womanly schemes Keep me on my own, darling, no I'm gonna find my way back to you Yeah, long gone, baby, long Don't listen to my advice. 
and and your vocals your lyrics are i love the lyrics on like all your tracks i've listened to the entire album between when you sent it to me and and like a couple hours ago because of work and kid um but i've listened to it all and i really it's very empowering and i kind of got that vibe especially from long gone and another track that I'll talk to you about in a minute. But in sort of in the middle of all this, there was this slow, the slower song, Best of Me. Yes. That was actually written by a good friend of mine from back in my folk days, Miss Annette Newman. And it was one of my favorite songs of hers. And I had asked her many years ago if I could cover it. I just hadn't, hadn't gotten the right arrangement for me, you know, mm-hmm. to fit my camera. And I asked my friend Chris Casello if he would produce this album. And when we were coming up with songs, I, you know, I, I kind of pitched him the idea of this song and he was like, man, we should make it like old school, almost like Motown, yeah. you know? And I just fell in love with it. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, that's absolutely perfect. And, and it was, it's a song that, you know, I've never written a song like this and I'm not hundred percent sure if I could. So it was wonderful to be able to use a net song. You know, we did change the arrangement and we did take some liberties with some of the lyrics here and there. So, but she loves it. So <laughs> that's what's important. And uh, it, it gave a nice flavor to the album, you know, mm-hmm. a hint of vulnerability still. Yeah, it did. Cause I was like really jamming. And then that little, that little guitar bit came across and I was like, that is so pretty. I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I'm somebody who's just now really empowering myself, which is why I really like this album a lot. But that doesn't mean that there's not still some of that ache. And I liked how you placed it in the album. Like we've been doing this. Okay, but this still exists. Yes. Yeah, yeah that was great. I'm so glad that I'm so glad that 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 means that to you and that and that, that you picked up on that, too, because, you know, I'm I'm all for empowerment, you know, and, and I want to kind of help women feel more empowered as well. And it makes me so happy when I have young girls, preteens that come up to me and just oh. love my music. It's just like, oh, my gosh. I love that they listen to my music, but I cuss. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's great. It's I think fuck is a very empowering word. It's just it's my favorite word. <laughs> I love that they look up to me, but I don't know if I should be a role model. <laughs> no, you should. You definitely should. Strong role models, strong bold role models is what makes a difference. I think in a little girl's life. I mean, like it, when I look back on like because I'm old, on some of the, the musicians that I loved, 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 they were harder around the edges. And that's why why I think I liked them. You have that teenage angst. And here comes somebody who's older and who's like, yeah, sometimes shit sucks. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I can play the guitar too. And I'm a girl. And you're like, yes. <laughs> exactly. They don't know Cause I don't show it They don't ask Cause I'm doing well So they think they don't know that I'm dying Cause I make it look like nothing Thought it'd be easy getting over you But I see 
performing live and have you been able to do much of that with everything that's going on not nearly as much as we had planned last year of course we did a few outdoor shows um car shows and outdoor events uh this year has picked up quite a bit more than i had anticipated actually I, i'm thinking the the vaccine has really given people some hope and yeah so they're venturing out some more you know it's so hard to put a specific favorite thing because it's a combination of releasing that energy out into an audience and them absorbing and releasing energy back to me. And then also feeling the energy from my bandmates and we're all kind of connected and then connected with the audience. Mm. And it's, it's such an emotional, I don't want to say roller coaster because I mean, it is, but not in like the, the bad sense, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And being able to look out and see people that that get it, that get the music, that understand it, 
or that are just like, hell yeah, I'm having a good time and I'm going to just shake my ass and I'm drunk off my, 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 my butt, but here I am, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's a combination of all of that. And then the freedom, when you play live, it's, it's not as strict as when you're recording. So you can take little, little freedoms with some of the songs and you can do little changes here and there, and you can just kind of flow with the energy. Do you like performing live more or writing more? Performing more. Performing more. Yeah, it sounded like it. I do enjoy performing more. Um, Writing sometimes can be a bit of a chore because I have to sit down and make myself think. (laughs) I have to sit down with my emotions and I have to think about stuff. And every song can't end with me just killing the bastard. So <laughs> you're so funny. I, one of my oh my god, one of my earlier interviews with it said it's too funny. And he does like uh, he he says it's country, but it's it's more kind of towards like this. That, that rock country kind of like combo and they all make fun of him because every time he writes a song somebody has to die and they're like you have to stop killing people in the songs you have to stop it (laughs) so how long have you been playing i know you said you started when you were a kid i started when i was a kid jane rose and the dead end boys has been around since about 2010 that was my next question (laughs) before then i had abandoned st louis for about a year Tried to get the rockabilly thing going for about a year in, in Louisville. That didn't happen. I mean, I've been performing. I spent my 18th birthday on stage. So I've been performing okay. since I was 17. At, not in church. Like at church, I would, you know, play the guitar, acoustic guitar, or I would play the violin just as a backing instrument. Mm-hmm. But as far as my music since 17. You have a very soulful, deep strong voice has that all is that something you worked towards or is that just naturally been your style it's just always been there um I tend to be a little bit quieter when you're talking to me so when I start singing I usually shock people but (laughs) but it's there you know and and some pipes uh, my goal is always to try to blow a speaker I haven't blown but I did catch a monitor on fire (laughs) I don't know (laughs) are you serious yeah I don't know if it was my fault but I'm totally gonna claim it forever so but, no, you did but, it. It was you. It was me. It was totally me. So, yeah. At the end of uh, "Love Me Like a Man" song, I cover Bonnie Ray tune, and I good song, super, 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 super long. And it was the last song, and the monitor was was smoking. So I claimed that. But um, I am inspired by a lot of the old school soul and blues R and B singers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely love that soulful, powerful voice. I feel like it's such an empowering thing for a woman to, to like belt it out and be like, I'm fucking here. You're going to listen to me. I'm not going to sit here and be all like this crap, you know, I'm here, you know? So I just, I was always inspired by that. Do you have like, I know you guys were on the road, have been on the road quite a bit, obviously until this, this um, craziness. Yeah. Um, in fact, I just posted a video of you guys in, I think it was like Arizona and Colorado. It was one of your music videos. Yeah, that was fun. We, we toured quite a bit for about, you know, we'd go out from Nashville for about two or three months at a time. And, and I do miss it, but I really don't want to live in a van again with, with three dudes. <laughs> I miss, I miss my dogs. Aww. But I've recently taken um, taken over raising my my goddaughter who is 16, and so I'm mm. sticking closer to her now, you know, because I, I want to be yeah. there for her. But 
we're definitely taking the weekend shows and depending on where we're going, we'll probably pull a few small tours occasionally, you know, yeah, after, just drag her with you. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, she loves it. She plays upright bass and, and yes. cello. So good. Um, she, she gets on stage with me for a couple songs. She plays bitten and a couple other of the blues tunes also. I keep pushing her to play more because she is incredibly talented. What would be some advice you would give somebody who wants to do music professionally? It really depends on their situation, but if they can take, if they can, if they can by any way do it, go for it. Just all in, all or nothing, or you won't get anywhere. All Um, or nothing, yeah. All or nothing. Because if you're always holding back, if you always treat it as a backup or a side, that's all it's ever going to be. And there are so many different aspects within music besides performing. Yeah. So many things. And if you can get your hands in a little bit of all of them, but always remember it's all or nothing. You know, when I first moved to Nashville, I was still working other, you know, day jobs and stuff. And I used to work for um, a photography company that went out of business. Mm. And I'm like, you know, I'm here to play music. And if I'm not going to do it, then I'm going back home to Kentucky. Mm. There's no sense in me being here if I'm not just going to do it. So I took that opportunity to condense into like literally renting a bedroom out of a house with a bunch of other people and just getting on the road and doing it. Yeah. I think a lot of people are, are scared because it's not an easy life and it is hard. And like, I can't tell you how many times, like, People I know or myself have been, oh, you don't know, very few people make it, blah, blah, blah. But just because you don't make it big doesn't mean you can't still play music. doesn't mean you can't make it because there's so yeah. many different. I mean, I lived on less than $10,000 a year playing music. I do, that, I do that without playing music. Like, <laughs> poverty in this country is real. <laughs> and I work full time. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, it, yeah. Sacrifice sacrifice the things. I mean, if you can even just do it for, I mean, I did it for 10 years, just nothing but music. The only reason I took a job now is because I've got a Laura and mm-hmm. I want to make sure to have the finances there for her. Right. Um, I'm, not, I'm not quitting. I'm just not living on the road anymore. Mm. And there are so many different, there's so many different levels of success that being a superstar is not the only one. And if you can make money on the weekends playing music, you know, or play music and then do other stuff within the music career, besides performing live, there's songwriting, there's songwriting royalties. If you're a good songwriter, put your stuff out there to get published. You never know who's going to pick it up. I just, I just discovered some lady in Austin, Texas covered my song, Bad Little Betty. I didn't even know that. It, I didn't even know that they did that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. You know, if it continues, I'll eventually get royalties from that. You know? Yeah. Bitten has got over a million plus views, <laughs> but we get a little bit from that. You know, it's not tons, but it goes in. It goes into the band fund. Mm-hmm. So, so many different levels of success that superstar may be one of them, but it's not the only one. And I think more people need to hear that, especially young musicians, because they, you know, with, with social media and all that, they just think that there's this one, this one path, but that is not real. No, no. And they need to be very realistic about it. I mean, 
Alora used to say that she was just going to be a musician and make lots of money. And I'm like, I don't think you'll understand how broke your mother is. Like, you don't understand how many times, like, part of my pay was dinner. Like, I don't think you, I don't think you understand this. Um, but we need some reality check, you know, but, but do it. If you can do it, do it. It's hard to do, like, you know, I said, if, if somebody is a single parent, or even if they're not, even if they have, you know, the family supporting them, if your partner, you know, if it's possible for you to just dedicate yourself to it, dedicate yourself to it. And don't just give it one year. you got to give it some time. Even any business that starts up, yeah. I think what's it's for two years before you actually start making money, you right. know, give it some time and give it your all. That's great advice. And since, since you're a parent, what advice would you give to a kid? Would it be the same? No, I mean, seriously, because this is the kind of stuff that I would tell Laura. Yeah. I'm, you need to have a re well, first of all, she has no concept of money, even at 16. No, they don't. <laughs> so it's kind of difficult to have that talk with them, but it's always, if you're going to do it, do it a hundred percent, do your homework, do your practicing. It sucks, but find a way to make it fun if you have to, because if you don't do that, if you don't do the, the ground step, you're not going to have a house to put on that foundation <laughs> you have right. got to build your foundation or you're gonna have nothing and then give it your all you can't really talk about money with them because they're gonna be like do to do what i'll make 20 dollars. oh my gosh that's so much <laughs> <laughs> like, crying <laughs> you're just like oh my god i'm just sitting here praying you don't get sick like is that bill <laughs> yes yes like every night, and I'm not even religious. I'm laying in bed going, Lord, please don't let either one of us get sick. Oh my gosh, yes. And so the last song that I'm gonna play is your last track off over it. And it is my favorite. And I when I say it's my favorite, I had left work, like I said, I didn't feel good today, and I listened to it like three times. I was like, this song, let's talk about fucked up <laughs> yes because it feels like something that I tried to write after a breakup so I'm gonna need you to get off my wavelength and <laughs> tell me about it so okay so fucked up it's kind of funny uh, a friend of mine Shane Vale he's an upright bass player that's played with us off mm -hmm. and on he he and I were both just talking back and forth which is how most songs happen for me I'll just be talking and they'll be like oh that's a good line and I was like, yeah, I'm fucked up on the flow up. And he started laughing. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's a song. <laughs> and it took me like, like several years to write. Honestly, I wrote the first, you know, first half of it. And then later on, I'm like, okay, I got to do something else. What else am I going to do? It's so difficult when you start writing a song and then mm -hmm. a year later, you try to go back to it and you're like, I'm in a completely different mindset now. <laughs> yes. So it took a little while to, to get there. And I just kind of pulled from the relationship that, that was, that was ending and just kind of uh, a little bit of everything else in my life. It's like, I'm fucked up from the floor up. I'm Helen heels. I'm, but I'll never spin my wheels and I'll thrill you to the bone. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I may be a hot mess, but I'm a damn hot mess. Oh God. It's so good. <laughs> well, I am so happy that you enjoy it. I love that song. I love the punk edge. I pushed the drummer so hard. I was like, you've got to do that snare at the beginning. 
and it sounds like a freaking machine gun going off. I love it. <laughs> yeah, the drums are great on that track. Yeah, they're they are they pretty are killer. Us. Wayne is Wayne works so hard to get exactly what he wanted on, on that. Like you guys are great and you look like you have so much fun together. Jane Rose and the dead end boys. So my first band in, in St. Louis kind of screwed me over. And I decided that if I did another band, it was going to be Jane Rose and something because by golly, I'm taking, I'm taking the lead on this, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was going to be Jane Rose and who the fuck plays with me. But I finally settled on dead end boys. Um, <laughs> which I kind of have to change a little bit right now because I have this badass bassist named Lana. So it's like Jane Rose and the dead end boys and girl. <laughs> so I'm yeah. trying to how to do this. Cause I mean, she is amazing. She lives up in Louisville. I'm trying to drag her down here to Nashville. I mean, if you ever get a chance to see us and see her perform with us, uh, you'll just be in love. She is absolutely amazing. She plays that bass like it owes her money and it's happy to pay. Yeah. <laughs> You know, she's just amazing. And then I also have my buddy, Steve Schaffner, who's also from Louisville, Kentucky. He has a band called the Newly Deads, which is a zombie themed kind of rockabilly style band. And he comes down, he plays with us. He's, he's on the album. And then Wayne Harper, who is a drummer. He is originally from England. 
Um, he's been in the U.S. now for 17 years, though. But he is officially a resident. Yay! Yay. <laughs> he's one of us. Now. And he's he's been with me for about a couple of years now. Steve's been with me about a couple of years. And Lana's really only been with me, playing with me for about a year now. Being in Nashville, I'm just so used to getting people together that are available to go on the road and in the road. But mm-hmm. it is so nice to say that I have, you know, I have the same people playing with me right now. Um, cause they're all amazing musicians and we're family. I mean, my ba- bands are family to me, my band, right. you know, there's Christmas, we're having Christmas together, we're having Thanksgiving together, you know, family. Yeah. Cause it's a relationship, especially if you go on the road. Oh lot. my gosh. Yes, definitely. I really wish I had these guys with me out on the road at one point, you know, when I was living out there for three months at a time. <laughs> Would have been more fun. It would have, well, you know, I I had a lot of fun, but there's always a little bit of clash of personality that you don't discover until the second month in and you're across the country and you're just trying to get, you know, through it sometimes. (laughs) And when you're stuck, when you're stuck in a conversion van with all of your gear and your people, and you really can only afford to split one motel room. Mm. But honestly, you know, we'd always get out of it, not completely hating each other. So that's, that's okay. That's good. Well, I mean, tight quarters with a lot of people who are together 24 seven, that is what that is. I mean, yeah, it's like reality TV is based on. We're home. We're taking a break from each other for a bit. And then we'll talk again later. Okay. Bye. Don't talk to me for a month. (laughs) Yeah. I love you, but don't call me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of how it was, you know. But I would have, I would really have enjoyed getting to experience these guys out on the road, what guys and gal out on the road with me, you know, this would have been really fun to see how our, to see how our dynamic personalities would have played and what kind of trouble we could have all gotten into. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like fun. Why don't you shout out your social media so people can find you? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So you can Google us. We are Googleable. Jane Rose. Jane Rose and the Dead and Boys. Uh, I think it used to just be me and Keith Richards' manager who popped up, but I think there's a few other Jane Rose uh, <laughs> people out there. But yeah, Jane Rose, you can find us on Instagram, Jane Rose and the Dead and Boys. We have several different Facebook things. We got a group and a page. We have a website that I've been trying to work on for the last two years and still haven't done it, but you can go there to janerosemusic.com. Our music's also on Bandcamp. We got a YouTube. Hit us up on there. We have all three albums available on our band camp. Um, all three of them are available for download. Uh, but my very first album is the only one that is download only because I sold out of copies. Oh, wow. Good for you. Yes. I've got to get some more. I just haven't yet. <laughs> no, but it's cool that you sold out of like physical copies. That's awesome. Do you have any do you have any upcoming shows? I'm sure they are outdoor, but do you have any upcoming shows like within the next month or so? Yeah, actually we have three shows this month. One of them being a rockabilly night here or rockabilly afternoon. It's a Sunday afternoon like kind of cruise in at the Underdog mm-hmm. in Nashville. And then we are going to uh, Memphis to play an outdoor show. I have to check my website for that, but that'll be next okay, so the 16th. I think is a Sunday. I don't have my calendar in front of me. I'm on my phone. No, that seems right. Okay. At 16th is the underdog here in Nashville. Then the following weekend, we're in Memphis. And then the following weekend, we're going to be in Louisville at Petersville Car Show. Oh, uh, what's actually Shelbyville. I think it's fairground out there. And we're going to be at that. 
<laughs> well, I am going to let you go get to it. It was a lot of fun chatting with you. See you later. Thank you. All right, everybody, that was episode 37. Thank you so much for listening this week. I appreciate you. Please, um, if you can, go to almost all of the social medias and uh, like and follow Sound Pollution and make sure that whatever listening platform you are using, you are hitting that subscribe or follow button. It really does help me keep the show going. If you are able to do so, please click that patron link below and think about becoming a patron to Sound Pollution. It really does also help me out. It's been a year and a half and we're still going. I know I've been a little lax on the lives. I'm not sure how to continue to do the lives since I can't bring you music every week. Unfortunately, due to the pandemic, um, it's still really hard to be at venues safely and have people over to play for you. So hang tight with me. I am still trying Restrictions are being lifted. The vaccine is out. So hopefully uh, I will be able to do that soon. That's it. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Remember, be love and make some noise. Bye.